Yeah, I mean, I think it starts, one of the things I could start with is understanding for us or black outside, nature is, we say this, nature is the moment our kids step outside of their their immediate home, right? To step outside their front door. Um, and so with that, you know, for us, we're not like a one-dimensional organization, as you could probably sense. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 131 of Life in Motion. I've got Alex Bailey with me from Black Outside. He started the nonprofit as a way to move the needle on diversity in the outdoors while ensuring that youth have a safe and equitable space outside. I'm excited to hear his story and learn how we can all help that needle move that needle as well. Uh, Alex, thanks for being on the show again today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to uh, to share more. Yes, yes. I'm excited to to kind of learn um, all about what you're doing. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, super, super important, something we're passionate about. But before we kind of jump into that, let's uh, let's take some time and talk about, you know, who is Alex? Where are you from? Where you grew up? What kind of got you into the outdoors and kind of that that journey up until where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. Who is Alex? <laughs> now I'm going to thinking process. So um, in typical millennial form, right? Uh, um, yes, I'm Alex. Um, pronouns he, him. Um, and I'm a proud founder, executive director of Black Outside. Um, I consider myself, and I am, a grandchild of of uh, farmers, uh, grandchild of a community gardener, a grandchild of a grandmother who only had an eighth grade education and um, had some pretty, really tragic experiences in the outdoors. So um, I think it's a combination of all those things that I think I carry with me into nature and outdoor spaces. Um, I call Ohio home, uh, Midwest state of Ohio, small town Mansfield. It's where my family's all from. Um, and also North Carolina is another home for me where my father's family's from. And that's where the Bailey Farm is. And um, yeah, I grew up there. And, you know, my first connection to the outdoors was really fostered with my time with my grandparents. So um, those things, those experiences really, on top of a few others, which I'm excited to share, it really shaped uh, my lens for the work that I do today. That's awesome. So so what what's kind of specifically about that um Th- those experiences with your grandparents sort of at, at an or- early age kind of led to, to what you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, my grandfather's house, if you went up to his house, you know, 20 years ago or 25 years ago when he was still living, uh, you would drive up, you would see flowers everywhere in the front yard. Uh, he had rose bushes and tulips and flowers hanging everywhere. He had your classic green thumb. I have not inherited that green thumb. I don't know why. <laughs> so I said, look at succulents that are dying in my house. <laughs> Poor things. Um, and then when you go to the backyard, uh, on the side, he grew mint tea leaves. Um, and in the back, he grew tomatoes, squash. Um, I mean, he had a full-fledged like mini garden slash farm. And um, during the summers, I would my mom would drop me off, and I would spend time in the garden with him, putting my hands in the dirt, watering the plants. Uh, we'd go on evening hikes around the neighborhood and he was that type of person that could literally look at any tree and say, oh, it's this type of tree and this is where it's from. Oh, it's this type of plant. This is what you could use it for. Um, And so he really, really fostered this deep connection 
to the to the natural earth for me that I didn't realize was happening. He also took me on my first secret fishing trip. Uh, so that was really powerful behind my grandmother's <laughs> back. <laughs> it was really fun. She didn't find that out until after uh, after he passed away. I, I promised I would keep it a secret. So you I kept did. it a secret that long? That long, yeah. It was wow. long. I kept it a secret for over, like, I, I want to say, like, 12 to 13 years. Um, That's she amazing. She still was not happy when she found out. Was <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we did that. Um, yeah, so that, that, that was, I always say, that was my initial really deep, connection to the earth and seeing how uh a love of the earth can really be a lifelong thing yeah that's awesome i as you were um kind of describing what the house in the front and the back looked like um i I was kind of imagining that myself i was also imagining some fresh uh tomato uh sandwiches as well um uh, but anyways, uh, so that sounds really good too. <laughs> <laughs> like just jumping back into into summertime real quick, but um, so no, so that so that's great. So you know, especially like one only being not only being able to you know have that bonding experiences uh, with your grandparents, but also like you said, having that also while you're connecting with the outdoors. So as as I, I guess you got older, I guess what what were some of those other things that kind of shaped that that love and that that passion. Yeah, so um, as I got older, um, my stepfather came into my life when I was in elementary school. He was actually a big fisher, uh, fisherman, so I got to go fishing with him a few times, and he kind of taught me the basics, which was really powerful. So there's pictures of me walking around with the fishing pole and everything like that. And then, um, you know, as I progressed later, um, I became a big sports kid. I was one of those kids that was in everything. I played baseball, played football, basketball, you know, lacrosse in high school. All those things. I was average at all of them, but <laughs> it wasn't that great, but had fun doing it. And um, and so um, for me, I, I wouldn't say I was disconnected from nature. I just didn't really see, um, you know, like the, the, the connection point uh, until when I got to college. I had the opportunity to play college football at uh, Ohio Wesleyan University, go Bishops. And uh, during my time there, I was living with my grandparents while I was in college. And I... Um, Mansfield Ohio is a really small town. It's a beautiful town. But, you know, being 18 there during the summers, I was like, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> so um, I loved my grandparents to death and they knew it. And also my grandparents really, really encouraged me to explore the world. That's what I really appreciate. They were not the type of elders. Um, and not this is bad, but, you know, sometimes elders in communities be like, stay home, do this. Like They're like, no, go see everything. Right? Yeah. And they really encouraged me to do that. So I just signed up. I was, it was dial-up internet, which if any listener, like, knows what that is right <laughs> thing it takes forever and i was in my grandparents basement dial up internet and i just searched i remember it seemed like it was like universal fate i just googled like summer camp jobs and then this camp um called camp wanaki in the northeast popped up and it seemed like so aligned it was a sports camp it was overnight it was all boys camp it was in new hampshire a place i had never been and so it was you know the winter break out in college my first year and i just put in an application um, and literally the director called me the next day. This was like the day before Christmas too. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm calling you the next day, but your, your application was awesome. Like we want you to have, you know, a job here at camp and my time at summer camp as a camp counselor, I ended up working there for three years. The camp wow. director and I are still friends That's awesome. uh, to this day. Uh, yeah. And, um, I ended up working there for three years and it transformed my, like, uh, my lens on the power that nature has, especially on youth. It was a beautiful property. It still is today um, in the White Mountains of New Hampshire on Lake Winnipesaukee. 
we got to kayak with kids. We got to go hike with kids, obviously play sports all day. We were outdoors all day. And I just saw how that transformed many of the kids that I got to work with. That's, that's awesome to, you know, one kind of the serendipity of that, uh, to, to find that. And then obviously it being a place that, uh, worked out really, really well for you, uh, and created some good relationships. Um, so I, I guess like, you know, being a counselor, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's a couple of different aspects, you know, you're sort of responsible for, for the kids, you know, that's one part. So you gotta be uh friendly and be kind of be, be on their level in the same way in a sense. Um, but then also, you know, to, to help with the activities and stuff. So like, what, what did that experience kind of teach you both? Not only from, um, I guess re- relationships might be the, the right way, um, in, in that sense. And then also, you know, what was it specifically like the, the effects that you saw the outdoors having on the kids? There's this camper um, named Gabriel who will always stay with me. Um, and I had, so the, the cool thing about my experience is I had the same bug of kids for three years. So I literally like, oh, really? Them grow. Uh, yeah. So I started at age nine. I had the same bunk for the most part of like, you know, it was a total of like eight to 10 kids, but the same six to seven were in there every year. Um, and I literally watched them grow before my eyes. And I always remember this kid, Gabriel, his parents were super, super sweet. And, um, He's a young man now. He's I think he's in his like early twenties, um, and he was terrified of like heights and the zip line and all the high ropes activities that we had at camp. Um, and so his first year, his parents had told me she's like, we really want to, you know, encourage. You know, he was nine, ten. They're like, we want to see him try new things, do all these things. So I would try my best with Gabriel. I'd be like, Gabriel, come on, I'll climb up the zip line with you. I'll do all these things and. He's just like, nope, nope, not doing it. He <laughs> <laughs> literally looked like I'm not going up that zip line. And so the funny part is like, you know, part of it was like me fostering just a really great connection with Gabriel. Obviously, I was his counselor for three years. Um, and then part of it was just like a lot of different outdoor experiences. He would go on the little hikes. He would go on an our canoeing, kayaking trip. And I just saw his confidence like grow summer after summer. And by the last summer, he finally climbed up there with his Sonic doll he would always carry around and went down the zip line. And it was like one of my more proudest moments of being a, uh, a camp counselor. I was so proud of him and just seeing that growth. And I really attribute a lot of it to these nature based and outdoor activities that in the community we cultivated there at camp. And so that's like a big example of where a case in point where the outdoors is a huge opportunity for youth to cultivate and foster the social emotional skills that we know are lifelong things that are going to benefit our youth. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that makes sense. And I, and I definitely appreciate that story. Um, you know, cause you know, looking back and listening and seeing that happen and then being able to recall that, um, obviously kind of grew a, a passion, um, in yourself, um, to kind of pursue that in that way. So after, after your time at camp, what kind of, what was the, the next step on the journey? Yeah. So, um, there's one specific moment I want to highlight that kind of is, I always say like, kind of like these bookend experiences that really spark black outside. So this is like, you know, I say the opening chapter of this book, you know, started with in my grandfather's garden. Right. And then this other pivotal chapter was camp. And I'd say the end of this, the, the chapter on camp, um, was, uh, we went on this hike, this beautiful hike in the white mountains. Um, and, when you hike, it was like a, you know, two and a half mile hike in. And then, uh, the guy took us to this like waterfall. We got to jump off this waterfall like ledge 
into this river. It was it was beautiful. It's like a magical day in in, in New England, right? <laughs> um, and uh, you jumped. It was like a good solid twelve foot jump. So it was a big deal. The kids all knew it was coming, and a lot of fun. Kids had a blast, and so. I was actually nervous. I was like, I've never jumped this high up into a river, you know, that was like, you know, 12 feet. <laughs> and so um, I uh, end up making a jump. I hear the kids are like chanting my name. They're like, Bailey, Bailey. I get in, water's freezing. I'm exhilarating. I'm, it's all the adrenaline feels that you get in the outdoors, right? And uh, I come up and I'm excited. I see all my campers, but I look around when I come out the water. And I remember looking around, seeing no kids that look like me. And yeah. like, huh. And it just stuck with me. I was like, how can I change that? I want a kid that looks like me to experience something like this moment, you know? Um, so I kind of took that, like put it in a container, put it in a jar, right? <laughs> in my head. And I was like, ah, maybe one day, who knows? They'll take kids on a hike. I don't know. And just kind of left it alone. Ended up joining Teach for America. I knew I wanted to be a teacher since I was 16. So I joined Teach for America. That was part of the reasons I Part of the reason I wanted to work at a summer camp was to get some experience with kids. So joined Teach for America, ended up moving to Texas, uh, taught on uh, the border, the Texas-Mexico border. I'm in a small community, Roma, Texas. Beautiful community, amazing kiddos. And the irony of this whole thing is we were literally right next to a Texas state park, and I only went like one time. <laughs> really? <laughs> the irony is, is uh, it was a big fishing area, Falcon Lake. Uh, so it's known for fishing, there's hikes there, birding, all that. And I just, I never went. And so it's funny that like my teacher friends from you know South Texas or people that I taught with the Teach for America are so shocked I'm running this outdoor organization. Because they were like, dude, we would go on these campouts. You never came. Like, we would always go, <laughs> right? Uh, I thought it was just being so inundated with like coaching. I was coaching uh, girls basketball and just teaching and trying to figure the whole thing out. Uh, but with that, um, the, the type of outdoors is I always had kids and I always wish that I could send some of my students to camp. I was like, man, like some of my kids would benefit so much, especially coming from a small town in South Texas. Like a lot of my kids had never, some of my kids had literally never left the county, um, let alone like go to a big city, let alone attend a summer camp. And so I just really wish I could have sent them to these places to see them one and then two, just to like, like learn and interact with different kids. And so um that again like stayed with me also and i just always like was trying to figure out the how of that yeah no well, one i mean it's it's interesting that you took that one experience um from from that jump uh you know and, and like you said kind of put it in the back of your head um the irony is also is also pretty hilarious that you you turned our oh, uh down all those camping trips <laughs> but yeah one of my friends he never lets me live it down he's like he's like man he's like you're just this, like he always jokes he's like I just feel like I just didn't even know the real Alex Bailey. <laughs> so, when I was down there, yeah. so, so, so once you kind of started thinking about, you know, you know, wanting to do these things, having these kids experience, you know, leaving their own County for, uh, for example, um, I guess when, when did, when did the real Alex Bailey, as you just said, uh, kind of, kind of come out in that, in that form of like, you know, taking those steps to kind of make this, that change happen. Yeah. So, you know, I'll fast forward, but, you know, I ended up, after I taught, um, I ended up becoming a leadership coach with Teacher America. And that gave me the opportunity to see almost 35 plus schools in San Antonio. So I ended up relocating to San Antonio. And it was then, there were two kind of experiences within that one, like two quick ones. One, 
I, you know, to be open, I saw the budget for Teacher America and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, nonprofits can fundraise this much, right? And I thought I was like, for a fraction of that budget, I could start a summer camp, right? That's what I said in my head. Uh, that was my first year coaching. And then going from school to school talking, I got to talk to kids while I was like leadership coaching uh, teachers. And I, you know, would talk to kids and, you know, summertime would be coming out. Like, what are you doing this summer? You know, and oh, so many kids would just say, I'm just sitting at home. You know, a lot of the schools we work with were in economically under-resourced neighborhoods. So it was always like, I'm at home. I'm just going to play the game at my house, right? Um, it was really like do activities. And what really broke my heart was going into one school um, that was in a historically black neighborhood in our city. And um, the school only provided uh, their fourth graders with uh, nine minutes of recess time. Um, and wow. I was just like, man, and the fact that this was an historically black neighborhood just broke my heart. And I was like, these kids, these are fourth graders. They were the same age as my, I, my campers when I first started off. And like, they were having two drastically different experiences in the world. Right. Um, yeah. One at the school that was like, so focused on kids passing the state test, right. Not limiting outdoor time. And I think about my kids that, you know, would come from New York city and all these other areas would tell me all the adventures they would do during the year. And then they would get to come to camp during the summer. And it just really sparked something in me, a, a, a frustration and a, you know, as MLK would say, a righteous indignation, honestly, where I was like, our youth, youth of color, and especially black youth, um, deserve spaces, you know, in the outdoors, and we deserve to connect them. Like, the outdoors and nature is a human right, and we shouldn't be separating kids from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, to your point, um, you know, it, it, it almost seems counterintuitive to me in a way. Uh, and, and my wife's a, a school teacher here where we live. Uh, she's an art teacher for middle school. Um, and they're not a, a, the, the best economical area of the city, I guess is the best way to say that. But, you know, it's like so focused on tests and scores and all this stuff and then limiting the things that give that, that almost that release, like whether that be the outdoors or different out, uh, uh, school programs and that kind of stuff, but not like realizing like, Hey, this, this will benefit the grades in the classroom. Like they, like people learn different ways. They need different experiences. So uh, I, I can understand that, that frustration as far as like, especially with you being in the kind of the education field and seeing that from two different uh, perspectives in that sense. So what, so, so like realizing that what, what was, was that where the idea for um, like outside came from or did it, was there still like more of a build up to that? Yeah. Yeah. So the other booking experience I'll share is um, so. So that's kind of like the sandwich, right? It's like the garden, my grandfather's garden growing up in it camp, right? It's like the starting chapters. And then where before Black Outside was launched is like I had that experience at that school with the, the kid, like seeing those kids only getting eight minutes of recess time. And then that summer, I was trying to figure this thing out with with like starting a summer camp. That was my whole vision. And I was like, I got to figure this out, which is like something in my gut. My soul was like pushing me to do this. So I actually, um, you know, started saving up some money and I just took a uh, trip to the Northeast again to one, see my old camp, but then two shadow other camps. And I reached out to about four to five different summer camps out in the East Coast. And I, I mean, it was just like people just opened their doors for me. I was so thankful this random person <laughs> educator was like, can I come shadow your camp and learn from you? And I was like, and they're like, yeah, sure. Come on in. So I got to see about four different summer camps in the Northeast. And during that time, I took a day, I took like five days off of work to do this. And one day I decided to just take some personal time for myself and go on a hike. And I was in the Catskill Mountains in New York. 
And I remember uh, I got to one of those points where everybody's taking all the pictures, you know, like the the scenic view. And um, and I was looking around and I remember it hit me and there were like about 20 people at that like scenic view. And I was like, I think I'm the only black person in this entire park. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like really thinking about that. I was like, I truly think I'm the only black person in this entire park. And I remember in my notebook, I still have a notebook today somewhere in my office, but in a notebook and I wrote down, I was like, how do I figure this out? And I said, we have to get like black youth back outside. And then I wrote down black outside. And that was in the summer of 2018. Um, okay. and I just came back from that trip and I was like, I got to figure this thing out. Like, we got to just make it work. I'm going to figure it out. And I, from there started calling folks to be on the board and we had our first board meeting in January, 2019, and we've been rolling ever since then. That, that that's, well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, kind of the, the kickoff to that. So, so obviously like with that, you know, you, you had the passion for education, you had the passion for helping others and, and kind of helping kids in that sense. And there was obviously a a need as far as um, you know ha- having other uh, individuals out outdoors like yourself that that you saw that disconnect. Why why do you think? I guess and maybe this is kind of getting more in into the mission and everything. But why do you think that that disconnect kind of exists in the first place? Oh man, that's an awesome question. So our think it's multifaceted and there's a lot of intersections but i think the quick um overview of that is i think one acknowledging the generational piece right i think that's super important what's the foundation that a lot of black youth arrive with in the outdoors and one of which we have to acknowledge is a lot of our youth black youth are told like you know the outdoors isn't for you if you literally google black people don't like one of the first things that go up pop up is like camp or go outside right um, which is a myth, right? It's a yeah, it's a myth and it's a false narrative, right? Um, because you know, I, I always joke with our kids sometimes, and they're like, "I don't know, black people don't do this type of stuff." And I was like, "Do you know this woman named Harriet Tubman? Like, how do you think she did all that?" Yeah. I always joke with them. I'm like, "She didn't like have a Toyota Corolla and just roll up and be like, <laughs> get in, let's go, right?" Um, it didn't work like that. Like, she had to hike thousands of miles to make this happen. So, yes, she's definitely a freedom fighter. Yes, she helped enslave folks, but she was also a naturalist. She was also an outdoor guide. She was also probably a wilderness first responder, right? She had to do all those things. So um, I always consider her, you know, really a matriarch for what the outdoors could really look like for our people. We think about the Buffalo Soldiers who stewarded our national parks, right? Um, and then I think about like so many elders like my grandfather in our community that, you know, do do community garden or garden and have like flowers around their house. So I think the first step is like this false narrative that gets told to our community and sometimes internally to ourselves that we don't go outside. Um, And then the second thing um, I think is access, right? When you look at proximity to parks, state parks, um, national parks, there are a few that are pretty approximate to communities of color, but many aren't, unfortunately, right? So um, there's a huge access issue for many of our uh, folks in our community um around where these outdoor places and spaces are yeah yeah no no those are good points and i, I like kind of the you know the Har- harriet tugman uh kind of reference that that totally makes sense um uh, so and and yeah definitely all kind of unfortunate one kind of that that mindset and the perception of you know what what is allowed and what isn't allowed so 
you know, when you when you came up with the idea, obviously, you know, you got you know people on your board that are that are on board uh, with with what you're trying to do. So, kind of, what were those? What were the steps of how you were going to do that? Or, and like, I guess, what what is the ultimate mission? I guess we sort of haven't really we've kind of bounced around that, but yeah, it's like, what do you actually do, right? <laughs> so the wild part, I keep mentioning camp because the funny part is, I've always like my initial thought and idea was like, all right, I wanted to start a camp for boys, right? I want something similar to what. Uh, my campers experience in Camp Wanaki, um, but really make it a little bit more culturally relevant to to their desires, hopes, and needs and culture, right? Um, and um, the irony is twofold. One, I realized in that Catskill Mountain trip and through my adventures in the outdoors of shadowing, I ended up shadowing like 10 different outdoor programs that there's a world outside of summer camp, right? Like there's more you could do it. Summer camp to me is still a huge transformative way to connect to the nature and the outdoors for many youth across our country. But, and it's a, but, and like, you know, taking kids on a hike or running like these smaller scale outdoor programs also have really long-term benefits. Yeah. So with that being said, we, we were intentional about our mission when we first crafted it as a community for black outside that we use the word reconnect with our youth. You know, meaning that we want them, we don't believe like we're their first connection to nature. We believe we're just helping them reconnect to this thing that's been within our community, been within our generations for years, right? Um, and then with that, I was like, I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. So it started off our first outdoor experience, started off with um, five uh, black high school students uh, who had never, black boys never had been on to a state park, never had been camping before. And we have been mentoring them, me and a couple other black male teachers. And we said, hey, y'all want to come to a camping trip this weekend? And they had this magical, beautiful, powerful experience, right, um, there. And some of them were, like, literally crying under the stars, saying hey, they'd never seen stars like this. And these are 17, 18-year-old boys, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, at that moment being like, oh, man, like, well, I'm on to something here. Like, this is it, right? Um, and then fast forward, um, the other pieces, uh, we ended up hearing in February of 2019, I told you all the board meeting was January, February, 2019, uh, we heard about the fact that the America's first historically black summer camp for girls started in San Antonio in 1924. And that's our home city. And I was like, what happened to this camp? So uh, the quick version of that story is we ended up going to the church where it was founded found out that the camp ceased operations in the 60s. And we asked permission from a few elders at the church who attended the camp. Could we revive this camp? Could we try this out and like bring it back to life? And they were really moved by it and gave us the yes. And they actually typed out a whole letter uh, that we have on file about like, you know, they approve of us like restarting this camp, Camp Founder Girls. And so that summer of 2019, we had our first session of camp, about 35 campers, black girls. Uh, we gave them the summer camp experience um, out in uh, the hill country of Texas. And some of those campers still attend camp to this day, which is really, really powerful. That's awesome. And to be able to to see those those experiences, for, I mean, especially, you know, for for someone who's never been like camping before and like getting that whole experience in and being eye, eye opening and then also to revive that camp, you know, from from the past in that sense and bring it back. Um, so like what I guess as you're as you're doing that and, and working, um, you know, with with the different youth and that kind of stuff is and this might be a weird question, but is there ever any kind of like pushback because of that, like false narrative that's been put out there 
if that makes sense like oh no people of color can't go outside so they're like oh no i can't go outside it does that sort of make sense when i'm asking Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We get that. Uh, for sure. It's funny. We have youth that like sign up for whole trips when we're hiking and then they get there. They're like, I don't know if I want to hike. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. And like even halfway through the hike, they're like, why am I doing this again? Um, so that's real. I mean, you know, it's youth, it's teenagers. So, um, you know, sometimes how mercurial te- teenagers can be <laughs> with like how they're feeling and connections to the world. Um, but I think that's it's powerful for kids to push through that. Right. Um, you know, there's psychology around um, also, you know, sometimes we get kids that are on hikes and they're like, oh, you know, it's like an hour in the hike. They're like, I'm kind of bored. Right. Um, but uh, being bored actually sparks a lot of creativity. Right. And yeah. it's a natural thing. And I think um, I know I'm going to sound like a like an elder already as a millennial here. But, you know, back in our day when we didn't have phones. Right. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> um, you know we were forced to sit yeah, you dial up internet and yeah, you have maybe your PlayStation or N64, but after you, you know, you beat all the levels and beat the final boss, you would just sit there and stare at your wall like, <laughs> what do I do now, right? And so um, today with kids having so much access to phone and information, which is beautiful, also with that, you know, a lot of times when our kids get to our experiences, it's their first time where like, you know, they don't have service on their phone for a while um, and they really have to like, kind of like be creative in the outdoors. And I think out of sometimes that resistance or that boredom that sparks a lot of curiosity, a lot of creativity um, and a lot of resiliency, you know, just being like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this hike all the way up this mountain, but I'm going to do it anyway. And that's also a powerful experience, I think, for young people to have, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's and, you know, just just being having that um, giving giving them the opportunity for that exposure of the outdoors, you know, um, is, is super, super important. Are there like any, like, uh, success stories is not the right way, but kind of inspiring stories of, of, you know, kids that have been out there and, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're older now, now, uh, or, or I guess, I guess when you started, they they would have been kind of older and now maybe they're still working with you now or something like that. Any, Any kind of just unique stories like that? Yeah, I mean, I think two stand out for me. Um, one is one of our first youth, Darius, who I'm still, he's actually my my dog sitter on the side now. <laughs> I've known him since he was literally 16, and he lives in San Antonio. Awesome young man. And uh, he um, he was the one I was on my first camping trip. And I'm, I'm so pow- proud and inspired by him because he, um, you know, he came on his camping trip, had a blast. And then later, you know, when he was in college, he, um, I got a call from my former camp director and he's like, Hey, I'm looking for staff for my camp. So I called Darius up and I'm like, Hey man, like, I, I know this is, this is kind of a left field thing, but you're looking for a summer job. How'd you feel about working as a camp counselor? You know, his immediate thing was, he's like, I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I was like, you know, my entry point was like, it's a sports camp, right? <laughs> so he loves sports, he played, you know, he played uh, college football for a little bit. Um, and he had never been to the East coast, never been over there. And, um, all that to say, yeah, he's worked at that camp for the last two summers. Um, and it's been really powerful for him, um, to have this experience and the fact that he's like helped lead hikes there. He helps lead these outdoor activities while he's there. And it started off with like him doing it with us. Right. So, um, I think that's been really powerful and I'm like, so proud of him. Um, just like how far he's come, um, from that first experience camping, um, and then I think the second one collectively is just our first trip to Colorado. So every summer we take kids on our Colorado backpacking trip in the Rockies. In that first summer, it was summer of 2021. You know, we're coming out of, you know, the pandemic, obviously still within it, but, you know, trying to come out of it safely. 
And um, there was just something special about that group of kids. Um, Jeremy, we had a hike that was hard as hell, if I could just say that directly. <laughs> uh, we literally hiked six and a half miles and backpacked in six and a half miles and made a like 1700 foot elevation change. Um, <laughs> it was intense. Um, what I was thinking when I mapped that route out, I don't know. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, it was hard. And, and we literally started at like 10 and we did not get to camp until like the sun was down. Like um, we, we got hailed on on the way up. We had to like stop and shelter in place under these trees while the hail came in. There was another storm we were forecasting. It was like, all those things. And, you know, halfway through, half the kids are like, why are we doing this? Right. I don't want to do this. I'm seeing signs for bears. And just like <laughs> the joy that came out of that experience at the end of like the kids being so proud that they did it. Right. So proud. And even one of our youth was actually on a podcast with me last year. And, you know, she talked about the fact I came back and came back to school and I just felt like I could do anything. I could do anything in the world. Like I climbed up this mountain and no one in my family had done that. Right. And like showing pictures of, of where they went to their family was really powerful. And that's one of my more favorite parts when like our kids tell their families about what they do and just the families being like, man, A, I wish I had that when I was a kid, but B, I'm so happy that my kid gets to experience that. And like, has inspired me even to just go on a walk around my neighborhood or just inspired me for what's possible in my life. A lot of our kids actually are inspiring their families, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, one, yeah, to the point, you know, building the confidence within themselves just for, for everything. And then, yeah, the kind of the, the full circle, as far as, you know, the family goes, um, you know, inspiring your, in your, your uh, family and that way your parents, uh, is definitely awesome and, and rewarding. So, you know, kind of, uh, 2019, so this is 2020, you know, three years into it. Um, what uh what's what's kind of on the on the horizon kind of for the future of, of continuing to grow and continuing to to make this impact yeah i mean we think a lot too about representation for our youth um you know you asked about what's kind of the barriers to black youth getting in the outdoors i you know i said you know the generational piece right systemic issues around access um and then another piece is marketing representation. You know, if you go into some of your local outdoor stores, like, do you see black faces, right? Sometimes you do. A lot of times you don't, right? Um, and so we really are intentional about um, really show, representing and uh, showing, like, the, the black joy in the outdoors that our kids experience. And so with that, what's kind of next for us is, you know, we one kind of threefold, one pushing, you know, we've been pushing a lot of like education leaders in our home city of San Antonio, which is amazing and we love, but also pushing the outdoor discussion here with them to say like, here are these pictures, here are our kids represented in the outdoors. Like, you know, we get it. Like you may not be able to like fly all your kids to Colorado to hike, but like, can you take your kids outdoors for like a day once a semester, right? And just let them explore. Um, it goes a long way and we've done some pilot experiences with some schools that's been really powerful. So that's been on the horizon for us is like partnering, expanding our impact with more schools um, and uh, do, doing that work, which I think, you know, as I'll share as a side note, I think it's just so important here in our city of San Antonio. If you know anything about San Antonio, what it's known for, like we are not known as an outdoor city. We're known as like the Riverwalk, which I guess is outdoors technically, but <laughs> shopping area and obviously like amazing tacos. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, Austin is known more as like the outdoor city of Texas. Right. So our work is we feel like our work is so is more needed here. Right. Where there isn't a discussion. Are the discussions still happening and developing? So that's first. The other two things are we are uh, we're rolling out our first boys program. So 
the irony again is that I started off, we started off our first trip with boys. Since then, we have two programs, uh, summer camp for black girls and then a co-ed program for youth impacted by incarceration. And we really found a need for, you know, just a, a, a sacred space for boys to um, untangle, entangle and untangle all the masculinity things that, <laughs> that we see in our society, right? Um, so that's also powerful when we're rolling out that program, which is really, really great. Um, and then lastly, just expanding what we do, expanding our footprint. Um, we're hoping in the next year right now, we currently have one session of camp with about 150 campers, which is exciting. But we wow. want to expand that to hopefully doing a second session because we every year we have a wait list for campers. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we really are trying to be intentional about um, expanding that opportunity to more more youth in our in our city and around our state. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you had, uh, quite a few things on the horizon and, and building. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> it, it, and, and a cool, you know, kind of using um, the network of schools to help, you know, spread your mission and get and, and involved. Because um, obviously, you know, there's there's so many hours that you have in a day and, and so forth and everything. So to be able to expand that way. And then, you know, I love the idea that, you know, you know, using the outdoors too is, um, I, I guess that, that, that positive um, therapy for for kids that might be in, in tough situations as well. I think that that's really important, kind of that, that positive kind of outlet almost um, to to expand and, and build on that. So that's a that that's that's great work. Um, so what I guess one thing I you know kind of always like to to ask our guests is kind of one piece uh, of advice for our listeners. So, so kind of going back to, you know, obviously your, your whole mission and, and the whole idea, like what, you know, for whether it's a, a, a business or, um, you know, a, a different, you know, outdoor organization, or maybe it's a, a family of color, whatever that is, what would you tell them to, to help encourage, to, to kind of build this community that you're building? Like how, how can they make that impact in their own city, their own town, wherever that is? and kind of spread this. So it's a, a larger um, ripple effect on the, on the greater scale. Yeah. I mean, I think it starts, one of the things I could start with is understanding for us or black outside nature is, we say this nature is the moment our kids step outside of their, their immediate home, right. To step outside their front door. Um, and so with that, you know, for us, we're not like a one dimensional organization, as you could probably sense, you know, I just rattle off. I'm like summer camp. And then we're <laughs> going here and backpacking Colorado, right? You're like, whoa. right? And so our kids, you know, three weeks ago, one of our programs that we took kids surfing um, the week, literally the next Saturday, another our boys program, uh, they did barbecuing outdoors at our local MLK park. Right. Um, and then next month, we're taking a group fly fishing the following week. They're going to be at a summer camp facility doing kind of like summer camp activities for three days, like winter camp out. The outdoors does not have to look like one thing. It doesn't always have to be the big thing. And I think that's the biggest thing we also push in, in the outdoor education system is, you know, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of amazing programs and this isn't like a knock against them, but like a lot of amazing programs that are you know, we're going to take the kids and we're going to fly them to these like amazing national parks, go see them and come back. Right. And that's good. But it's a both. And like, it's also power for some of our kids, like some of our kids who've been to Colorado. If I ask them what has been their favorite outdoor experience, they'll say, actually, it was that day that we were at the river in San Antonio, just sitting by the river and doing yoga. Right. Yeah. Um, and or birding by our San Antonio river. Right. You know, so it's not a one like dimensional thing. And so understanding that the outdoors can look and feel 
different for each youth and providing a diversity of activities is super important because there are multiple entry points into the outdoors and we really want to and i think it's important especially in communities of color to emphasize the message that to be outside doesn't always have to look like a bear grills type of experience you know <laughs> it's like there's no service i'm drinking my own urine i'm out here you know like it doesn't have to be all that all the time um it can uh it can it can be it can look like gardening with your grandparents you know in the backyard no that that's amazing i i totally agree you know being out outside and and even at adventure is kind of a in the eyes of the beholder, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to yeah. be that crazy thing. Like you said, it could just be walking in your park, you know, or stepping outside or whatever. So, uh, definitely, definitely love that, that advice. So to that point, where, where can people find you online? Um, see where you're up to if, if they're in the area, um, you know, uh, uh, help out with what you're doing, finds a way to volunteer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely follow us at uh, Instagram's our biggest platform. We'll we'll make our way to TikTok. I know we probably should have, but um, <laughs> Black Outside underscore Inc. If you type in Black Outside, it will pop right up. Um, we're the first big handle um, for that. Um, that's where you can kind of follow our work. Uh, we I really encourage folks to support that way. It's really cool for our kids to just see you know a post getting liked and getting you know five yeah. six hundred likes or a post like. It means something. And imagine like the kid that's in that post sees that. I think people forget that, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of our kids are on Instagram and it's cool. And they're like, oh my God, like I got posted on there. So um, so that's the first step. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, uh, Black Outside Inc. Um, and then all, in that, you can see in our profile, our other programs have pages, which is really cool. So you can follow uh, each of our programs if there's something specific. You know, if you're a summer camper and you want to follow our summer camp, it's a cool page too. Um, and so that's uh, where people can follow it. And then on that page, we usually are posting, um, like different opportunities, you know, to engage and volunteer. Um, and then next, um, in, uh, you can obviously visit our website, blackoutside.org. We have an intake form for the support gear donations, all those things. So, uh, definitely feel free for real for if there's actually at, if you have gently used gear that you are thinking about giving, like we would love to receive it. It really helps our kids because, um, one thing you should also know about our work is uh, all of our programs are either reduced costs or free. Um, we don't want finances to be a barrier. Um, and even if it is reduced costs, like we've worked with families that say, I can only pay like $10 with this deposit. And we're like, okay, we'll take that. And on top of that, we make sure all of our kids have all the right gear to go outdoors. So um, we have a whole gear library and storage unit, and it's really helpful to have as much gear as possible because you know, especially here in San Antonio, many of our kids come to us, they don't have waterproof jackets because it doesn't rain here that much, right? Yeah. So um, little things like that go a long way to really help our mission. That's awesome. Well, everyone, definitely uh, uh, make sure you check them out, uh, see how you can um, help get involved, volunteer if you're in the area. But hey, you know, also, uh, as mentioned, if you got some some gear and stuff like that, connect that way and uh, send it out their way. But uh, I, I appreciate you you taking the time to to share your story um, and your your clear passion for for helping others and, and building building this community. So I definitely wish you the best of luck uh, uh, in the future. Thank you so much. I definitely appreciate that, man. It's been a blast just sharing you know my outdoor experience. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.